So what would happen if Stalin faced off against Hitler in a pickleball match? It would be impossible to know who to root for, right? That situation is replicated tonight as the Dallas Cowboys play the New York Giants on Monday Night Football. But regardless of who wins this matchup of purely evil forces, we all know who the best team in the NFC East is. The Philadelphia Eagles, America's team. Are they one of three undefeated teams in the NFL? Yes. Have they been mostly dominant every week? Yes. Should they eventually try scoring a single point in the second half of any of their games? Sure. But this early on point, and probably very fleeting moment, the Eagles are among the best teams in the NFL. And if you think that's not true, who would you say is better? There's really only one man who's articulated a convincing case that there is some team that is better than the Eagles. Let's hear him lay it out. Ladies and gentlemen, John Fetterman. And the Eagles are so much better than the Eagles. No, no. Uh, I mean, you gotta say. Yeah, the chant works. I gotta say, he makes a good point here. I mean, at the very least, you have to admit, you have to admit that the Eagles are equally as good as the Eagles. I should remind you, by the way, that that guy is currently winning his race in the Senate. You know who wouldn't be losing right now? Dr. Freaking Phil, or Judge Judy, or even the guy from the ShamWow commercials, I'm pretty sure. I mean, come on, Dr. Oz. Figure this out. Find a way to beat a guy who can't speak, think, or debate. This is weekend at Bernie's in two different ways. Yes, Fetterman is a mostly dead corpse being propped up and walked around the state to campaign, but he's also essentially Bernie Sanders. This is weekend at Bernie's. He's a socialist in a hoodie. Beat him. If there's a couple of things we should be able to agree on, though, it is, of course, yes, the Eagles are definitely as good as, or maybe even a little better than, the Eagles. And a cross between Bernie Sanders and Herman Munster should not be the senator from Pennsylvania. Stu does America. Uh, BlazeTV.com slash Stu is the place to go. To subscribe to Blaze TV, use the code Stu to save 10 bucks. If you're watching this on YouTube, click like. Just do it right now on this video or wherever you happen to be watching. We always appreciate your follows, your likes, your comments, your, I don't know, whatever else you do on the Internet. Uh, Dan Andros is here to tell us about a pro-life activist who was raided by the FBI. It's an amazing story. We're going to get into that here in a couple of minutes. But we start by doing abortion and the election. You know, we've learned lots of things about this election coming up. First of all, Democrats have incredible momentum. They're going to win this. They're going to shock the world. We haven't seen that evidence show up of this momentum yet, but we're sure it's right around the corner. Don't you worry about it. Uh, ABC News has a big poll out today. Let me walk you through some of it. Uh, With a party struggling in the midterms, his economic stewardship under fire and his overall job approval under 40 percent, a clear majority of Democrats in the latest ABC News Washington Post poll say the party should replace Joe Biden as its nominee for president in 2024. If that's not a sign of Democratic momentum, I don't know what is. They can't even get their current president of the United States to be on the ballot next time. Most of them want that to just stop right now. Here's the, here are the results. Uh, Democrats, uh, Democrats' preference for the nomination, Joe Biden, 35%. The Democrats only want... There are only 35% of them want Biden to run again. 56% say, please, anybody else. Now, that's about split among Republicans, where 47% say Trump and 46% say somebody else. And then, of course, 
And this is something to warn you if you are a Trump supporter. Uh, this, these polls do tend to keep turning up like this. A poll where only 39 percent of people approve of Joe Biden's uh, job, uh, uh, job performance. Still, Biden wins that election by two points over Trump. Who knows if that holds up? It's an early poll. I'm not saying you take anything from it, but it does show you what you already know, which is the media has beat up on Donald Trump so much. Half the country hates his guts and won't vote for him no matter how bad of a job Joe Biden is doing. So it's going to be a tight election automatically if Trump is involved in it because you got half the country who loves the guy and half the country who hates the guy. And this is, of course, the playing field that the Democrats want right now. They want to be able to have a 50-50 shot at winning elections because right now their guy's running at 35%, 38%, 39%. It's kind of a disaster on their end. Uh, looking uh, just two years off, just 35% of Democrats and Democratic-leaning independents favor Biden. 56% say they want somebody else. Uh, the state of the economy under Biden, eh, ah, not so good. Yeah, you know, and back in, back in the good old days of... Uh, April 2021, 58% said it was going the wrong direction and 42% said it was going the right direction. Uh, had, uh, now we've totally, I mean, it's just out of control. 74% say it's not so good or poor uh, of the economy and 24% say it is excellent or good, not so great. Biden approval rating, 39% in this poll. Uh, disapproval, 53%. Among registered voters, uh, you got 46 percent uh, Democratic, 47 percent with the Republicans. This is for congressional vote uh, preference. So this is known as the generic ballot. Basically, it's an indication of, of how what kind of what you can see maybe in the House races as we go forward here in 2022. Usually Democrats are favored on this. A lot of times if Democrats are up by a couple of points, it means a Republican win. Uh, if it's tied, it means usually a Republican win. If it's Republicans by a couple of points, that usually means a good, significant Republican win. And among likely voters, it's 51-46 Republican. That's a, that's a terrible, terrible number for Democrats. And I think we can all celebrate that together. Uh, I mean, how bad is it getting? Now, you know, there are certain people who are literally paid to say good things about Joe Biden. Uh, now, you might say, well, everybody on MSNBC is literally paid to say good things about Joe Biden. And you'd have a point there. But there's certain people who rise even above that standard. Corinne Jean-Pierre is one. Jen Psaki was another. Now, Jen Psaki was literally the spokesperson for the president of the United States. She's now moved on to MSNBC. And here is her take on the election. Look, I think that the Democrats, uh, if the election's about who is the most extreme, well, then they're going to win. If it is a referendum on the president, they will lose. And they know that. This is the former spokesperson for the president saying that if you think about the president too much, they will lose. Not exactly encouraging if you happen to be a Democrat. And of course, we know one thing about the Democratic Party. They will do anything to win in 2022. That is what they will do. Anything. They will do pretty much anything to win here. And they will now try to basically rework this election. Some of the things they will do will, is, are going to be just general lies and shady tactics. But what they're going to try to do with the messaging of this campaign is redirect everybody from the things we all know. The economy sucks. Inflation's out of control. The Ukraine thing, we're throwing you know, $60 billion at a war. That seems like it's going to be a stalemate for a while. Who knows what the end of that is? We're risking possible nuclear war if this thing spins out of control. Afghanistan's been a catastrophe. The, ba the, the freaking border... I mean, just 
just, just a, not to mention CRT and, uh, you know, uh, drag shows for kids and all the other cultural stuff going on. All of this adds up to a record the Biden administration does not want to run on. So what do they want to run on? Well, we know Donald Trump is part of that, but they also want to run on abortion because they are looking at some of the polls and seeing some good numbers for them. The Democrats are not without ammunition in midterm campaigning. As noted, Americans broadly reject the U.S. Supreme Court ruling eliminating the constitutional right to an abortion. Twenty nine percent supported with 64 percent opposed. Indeed, 53 percent strongly oppose it compared to 21 percent strongly in support. Now, there's something that kind of happens with polling. And we've talked about this before. If you if you can, you know get yourself through all the math talk that we have on the show. One of the things that happens in polling a lot is people, generally speaking, don't like change. They don't want big, drastic change. They will tend to uh, reject big, drastic change really whenever they see it until they get used to it. And when they get used to it, they're a little more able to uh, analyze those changes in, in, a, in a fair light. It's, it's what draws the comments from a Nancy Pelosi of, uh, well, we have to pass it to see what's in it. You know, like that's the sort of concept behind her, you know, blundering sort of speak there. There is a way to sort of look at polls and see this happen from time to time. Is this one of those examples or not? We don't know yet. We do know that there is some ammunition here for them. They've got some good polls. Uh, on this particular issue. Uh, They've got the friendliest media of all time. And you have kind of quirky, weird things happening in some of these states, right? For example, Arizona. There was a big uh, story in Arizona where now a a judge has reinstated an abortion ban that was passed in 1864. Now, this is before Arizona was even a state. This goes back to their territorial uh, years. And basically what it says is no abortion under any circumstances, with the only exception being, I believe, it's uh, it's life of the mother. So it would be among the most restrictive uh, uh, abortion laws in the country in a state that's purple. Right. It's a purplish sort of state. Uh, You know, do they want more restrictive than California? Sure. But do they want the most restrictive in America? Probably not politically. Now, whether that's the right thing to do or not, is a totally different situation. We'll get into this in a minute. And we also have the other side of this, which is Republicans saying, oh, my gosh, everyone's freaking out over abortion. We better do something. We better we better come up with a middle option. And that's what Lindsey Graham attempted to do when he has uh, decided to try to push a 15 week abortion ban that would be national. Now, how that makes sense, I don't really know, especially because conservatives have been saying forever, hey, The Constitution provides the states to look at this law. Why would we then push for a national ban? It upends everything we've been saying about abortion forever. And the 15-week thing, while more restrictive than the pre-Dobbs decision, isn't exactly what we've been talking about really all of this time. Um, Now, the one problem with this approach for Democrats, other than the fact that Most people are not affected by abortion, and this is an important thing. Not everybody gets them. Half the country, and this is going to shock you, men can't get them. I know that's like controversial to say these days, but men really can't abort their kids. So that's half the population that can't do it. The other half are women. Most of them don't get abortions either. Okay, that's just I know the left wants you to think everybody's getting 12 a week. Not really happening. There are some people who do it, but the, 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 the percentage of the population that even considers abortion seriously is pretty darn small. And of course, a lot of those people live in blue states where they can continue to get them up until like 12 years after their birth. They can just abort their middle school kid and no one's going to say anything in those states. So there's really no effect on those people at all. You're talking about Democrats living in red states that would need to travel to get their abortions. 
It sounds really, really difficult, I know, but travel is available here in the year 2022. And of course, it's not the top issue for most people. 84% of this is called the economy their top issue in their vote for Congress. 76% said the same about inflation. Many fewer, only 62%, called abortion a top issue. But again, it's kind of the best the Democrats have. The only other thing they have is to call Republicans extremists. This is tying uh, the election to Donald Trump, who I might remind you is not on the ballot. I mean, we did some polling info about Donald Trump, but that's speculative polling because not only is he not running in 2022, he's not even running in 2024 yet. So there's really Donald Trump is not on the ballot whatsoever. The Democrats want you to think he's on the ballot because they think there's a 50 50 shot. You'll vote for them if you're thinking about Donald Trump when you pull the lever. And what they're going to do is try to encourage you and make you believe that Republicans are extremists. Let me give you, uh, you know, a, a soft sell of this approach here from one Hillary Clinton. I remember as a as a young student, your memory's not you know, that good. trying to figure out how did people get basically um, drawn in by Hitler? How did that happen? Seems like she's and I'd watch newsreels and I'd see this guy thing, but... standing up there ranting and raving right. and people shouting and raising their arms. I thought, mm-hmm. what's happened to these people? What's Why did they believe that? Mm-hmm. You saw the rally in Ohio the other night. Oh. Trump is there ranting and raving for uh, more than an hour. Mm-hmm. And you have these rows of young men with their arms raised. I thought, what is going on? So there is you really don't know what's going a on. Uh, real pressure. And I think, I think it is fair to say we're in a struggle between democracy and autocracy. So that's what we do here. Of course, it's, it's autocracy uh, when Trump does it. When you guys try to control every aspect of our lives, that's democracy. Just so you're aware. By the way, they were putting up the number one sign. <laughs> they were not. It was not the Hitler salute. Uh, you probably already knew that. So she's trying to call us extremists. Well, let me ask you this. Who are the extremists here? I mean, abortion's a good example of this. Who are the extremists when it comes to abortion? Hmm. Well, you know, you keep hearing all the lines that Republicans need to draw. Is it uh, exception for life of the mother, health of the mother? Uh, is it uh, a certain amount of weeks? Are we talking about rape and incest exceptions? We're constantly with every bit of minutia, magnifying and looking under a microscope at what every Republican believes and where their lines are when it comes to the abortion debate. But you know what we don't get is the opposite. We don't get any examination of where the line is for Democrats because it doesn't seem to be much of a line at all. Peter Ducey tried to get to the bottom of this, um, and we'll get to that here in just a second. But let me show you first uh, from this is from the uh, this is from the uh, AG candidate in Arizona. She is talking about the law that we just discussed back to 1864. That would be a law on the books, whether you like it or not. It's on the books, and it says no abortions, pretty much for any reason outside of uh, life of the mother. Here's how she said she will enforce that law if elected. If you're seeking care here, it shouldn't be the government's business. I'm Chris Mays, and as Attorney General, I will never prosecute a woman or doctor for abortion care. Hmm? Medical decisions should be made here, hmm? Wait a minute. not in a prosecutor's office. Wait. My opponent wants to lock up doctors and punish hmm. women. 
not on my watch. Wait. I will keep the government out of this office and other places it doesn't belong. Oh my gosh, the Democrats are basically libertarians now. They want no impact in your life whatsoever. They don't like laws. They don't like getting involved in anything. They want the smallest government possible, everybody. You should believe that because it makes a lot of sense. But like, listen, to, dig under the surface there a little bit. You might think it's a terrible law. It's the law. When you have a law, your job is to enforce the law, not to ignore the law because you don't like it as an individual. That's not how our system works. We saw this happening in Florida recently. All these Soros prosecutors are trying to get around the law by just not putting it into place, into uh, operation. They take the law. They say, eh, this one I like, this one I don't, this one I like, this one I don't. And then they just don't enforce the ones they don't like. That's not how our legal system works. That's not how our civilization works. Let me look at another example. This is an example to try to find the line for the Democrats on abortion with Peter Ducey and Corinne Lejeunier. Does President Biden favor any limits on abortion? We've been very, very clear here. Have you? Um, this since is you're talking sense. about my topper, I was talking specifically about Senator Lindsey Graham. And, and your position on his plan is clear. 15 weeks speaking, is unacceptable. I was, I was speaking to directly to what Republicans are trying to do. So they are calling. They are calling for a national ban. Uh, which takes us backwards, uh, which will, which will, it's a national ban, which will take us backwards and will put, put at risk the health of women. And here's the thing about this, Peter, it's not just national ban on abortion. We're talking about uh, privacy. We're talking about contraception. We're talking about marriage. No, we're not. That is what uh, extreme Republican officials right, are trying blah, 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 to do. You got it. So this is, uh, first of all, what's, what's a larger number, the GDP of Switzerland or the amount we're spending on the wardrobe of Corinne Jean-Pierre? Anyone have any estimate on that? I'd love to know. Man, she's dressed in really nice clothing, and it's different every single day. I haven't seen her done, do, wear the same thing twice. It's really amazing. I remember them getting on Sarah Palin for that. That was a big controversy back in the day. I would love to know how much money we're spending on that. Anyway, that's a totally uh, separate point. You see her avoid the question. She says we've been very clear, yet she can't tell you what that is. Wait, wait, what do you mean you've been clear? What is your line? What is the line of the Democratic Party? What is it? And I don't talk about your personal line. I don't care about your personal line. What I care about is what you think the law should be. So who are the extremists here? I'd love to know. Do you think abortion should generally be legal or generally illegal during each of the following stages of pregnancy? Now, we know this polling has been out here for a while. The, the Republican Party has saying anything from zero weeks or, you know, you can't have any abortions at all to 15 weeks, 20 weeks has generally been the Republican position. Who's the extremist in this situation? Well, for the first three months, how many people say it should be legal within the first three months? That number is pretty significant. 60% of Americans believe abortion should be legal during the first three months. That's basically where the Republicans are saying the line. 15 weeks, there's, you know, 12, 13 weeks is the first three months, but they're right around those same time periods. But when it goes into that second trimester, what you see is this, these numbers falling off a cliff. In the second three months, that number drops from 60 to 28%. So it's not just Republicans opposing it. It's not just independents proposing it. A bunch of Democrats are also proposing it. And when it gets to the third three months, the third trimester there, oh, it's even uglier, drops down to 13%. Now, we know Democrats have no alliance on this. We have yet to see any Democrat, 
expressly come out and really craft a rational line as to when abortion should stop legally. They say, look, I think it should only be in the first uh, two trimesters, but I will say uh, the woman should have the right to be able to make her own decision, blah, 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 blah. Well, look, you could say that if you want, but the bottom line is we have laws all over the place that restrict people from doing certain things, especially when it comes to the life of another individual. That is incredibly rational. And I will say that Democrats love every other restriction on your life. They, they love it. This one they just can't find their way to. So the question here is not whether this is going to affect the election, because that's what the Democrats and the media wants you to think about. But will abortion make a big difference in the election is kind of their side of this. I guess the bigger question, though, is why bother trying to win elections? What's the point of that? Is the point of winning an election to sit around on election night and celebrate and feel really good about your team? You won. It's great. You go out in the streets. You hoot and holler. You have a couple drinks. You go to the office the next day. You put it in the face of your friends on the other side. Look, of course, there's a sporting aspect to this where people do a lot of those things. But that's not the point, right? The point isn't just to win on election night. The point isn't just to be able to taunt your friends on Twitter. The point of this is to change policy. The point is, if you think the country is going in the wrong direction, to right the ship. The point is, hey, you go through, you get a bunch of people elected. Those people go through office. They start naming justices. They start naming Supreme Court justices, maybe. And then they go through. And when the case comes back through the Supreme Court, those justices look at it and say, hey, the Constitution says nothing about this. It should go back to the states. The point of winning elections is to get something like Roe versus Wade overturned. We've been arguing about it for 50 freaking years. That's kind of central to this. And this is why I asked the question, because what what have we been doing for the past half century? What were we fighting for all of this time? What, what were we fighting for? Because a lot of states are passing a 15-week ban on abortion, and that certainly sounds better than the unlimited access that everyone seems to pitch on the left. But is that what we were fighting for, a 15-week ban? Is that really the end story here? You might not know these numbers. I want you to, you maybe never have never internalized this. But I want you to know it because I want you to see people like Lindsey Graham for exactly who they are. When do abortions happen? How far along do they happen? We talk about this all the time. How many happen in particular points of pregnancy? Well, before six weeks, about 40 percent, 40.2 percent of abortions happen in the first six weeks. Before nine weeks, you got 77.7% of abortions happening within the first nine weeks. In the first 13 weeks, 92.2% of abortions occur in the first 13 weeks. And in the first 15 weeks, 95.4% of abortions occur in that time frame. Is that what we were doing all this time? Did we have a half-century battle to stop 4.6% of abortions? Is that what we were fighting for? Because if that's what we were fighting for all this time, why do we bother? Yeah, maybe there's the 4.6% of abortions. I'd love to lower it by that much. Of course, many people who are going to have them at 16 or 17 weeks will just move it up a couple of weeks early. Let's be honest about it. So you're probably not even doing a full 4.6. But let's look at this and say, honestly, we fought a 50-year battle to stop 4.6% of abortions in some states? Really? That was the end-all, be-all of this whole thing? That's what it was for? 
We have to stop thinking about elections. Elections are not the end game. Why do we win elections to do things like overturning Roe versus Wade so that we can stop not 4.6% of abortions, but as many as humanly possible? And that's the thing we have to all recognize here. Is it possible what the left is saying is true? Abortion is going to be the big difference in this campaign. It's possible. I don't think that's the way it's going to be, but maybe it is. And you know what? We have to take a little lesson from the left here on this one. Progressives. Maybe this is our Obamacare. Is it? Think about it for a second. Barack Obama, they wanted they wanted nationalized health care for all these years and they had a chance to get it through. They passed Obamacare in the House. Uh, first of all, it was the Senate. Uh, and then uh, uh, Kennedy passes away and a Republican gets elected. They're not at the point where they're overturning filibusters yet. And they just decide to just jam it through. They just jam it through. And they know there's going to be bad consequences to that. The people didn't want it. Even the people of Massachusetts said, no, we'd rather have a Republican than this thing. And they jammed it through anyway because they knew it was such a big deal. It was really important to them. And you know what happened to them? They took it on the chin for Obamacare. They had the biggest wave election in 100 years in 2010 and had another massive wave election in 2014. They paid a heavy price for Obamacare because they believed in it. Do we believe in anything? If we won't, how many elections would you trade for overturning Roe versus Wade? One? Is it just one? Is it not two or three or 10 or 12? Well, there's 63 million children that should have been born and aren't. Look, the truth is the Democrats want this election to be about anything but everything they're doing so far. They want it to be about anything but the Democrats. They don't want you to think about how bad things are under their leadership. They want you to predict and project some fake dystopian future that might exist if Republicans win. Some other reality than the low inflation, raging economy version that ended with the pandemic and Biden's election. So they want to make this election about Donald Trump. They know that half the country hates him, which is a good math equation for them. Trump might be, you know, 50-50, but their leadership is more like 35-65, so 50-50 sounds great. And they desperately want this election to be about abortion. Why? Well, because some polls show Americans don't like the ruling from the Supreme Court. On the other hand, the average American is much closer to the Republican position and, quite frankly, most of Europe's position than they are the Democrats' position on abortion. So they will lie about abortion, they will lie about Donald Trump, and they will hope that that allows them to keep control for a couple more years. It's pathetic, it's disingenuous, but they are going to try it. They're doing it right now. But if the price of saving some portion of 63 million babies that should have been born but were not is an election, two, or three, I would make that trade in a heartbeat. Or, as I'm supposed to say now, in a, an electoral, electro, electrical noise that's uh, in an ultrasound that was created by men to control women or whatever we're supposed to call a heartbeat now. I hope that guy got that one right. Stacey Abrams. Dan Andrus joins us next.
Let me tell you about Grip6 and their fashionable and customizable belts. They are a, uh, Grip6 is a small company in Utah. I've told you about them before. They sell in the United States. They sell all over the world. But they source almost everything they use to make their products here in America. Their belts are minimalist, so they're not jutting out of your shirt. Uh, and they're really nice and customizable as well. You can do laser-etched uh, designs and logos and flags, whatever you want. All sorts of cool stuff on the belt buckle to make it personal. They're also available in carbon fiber. If you travel a lot, you're going to know the benefits of that. They're not setting off the metal detectors at the airport. They're great for all the business traveling you might be doing. Uh, and if that wasn't enough, Grip6 also carries an awesome selection of socks and wallets that you can check out. You'll love these wallets. They're really cool. They're different than the normal wallet that you're, you're used to seeing. Go to Grip6.com slash Stu. Use the code Stu. You'll save 15%. Grip, the number 6.com slash Stu. Get 15% off today. I want to welcome back Dan Andros to the program. He's managing editor of Faithwire.com, host of the Quick Start podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and one thing you've been covering, Dan, on the podcast is this crazy story. It revolves around the pro-life uh, world. We were just talking about that. And it comes from Pennsylvania. You've got to walk us through this because it is insane. Right. So the raid was insane. This guy gets raided by the FBI. And it all stems from this incident that happened back in October of 2021 at a Planned Parenthood clinic there in Philadelphia. Mark Hawk regularly is a pro-life Christian, regularly sidewalk ministers there. It's, it's a city clinic, so it's just a city sidewalk. And they have these um, escorts that Planned Parenthood have. They have volunteers at Planned Parenthood that walk the patients that want to go get an abortion. They walk them in because there's often people there, you know, ministering to them saying, hey, don't kill your baby. <laughs> Let's, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to get them not to have an abortion, but they're obviously not allowed to block them. That's, that's what this FACE Act is for. So basically what happens is, according to Mark Hawk, he's there with his 12-year-old um, son and a, uh, a volunteer named Bruce Love, who's 72 years old, according to Mark, gets in the face of his son and starts yelling vulgarities. They've crossed paths many, many times, these two. So they know each other somewhat. Um, and this is when Mark says he stepped in because he didn't like how close Bruce was getting. And he admits to, you know, shoving him away from his son. Bruce falls down. They call the police. The police show up and the police say there's not enough evidence for anything here. So they leave a week later or so. Bruce files a criminal complaint. Then he proceeds to not show up to multiple hearings because they kept rescheduling it. And so it gets dismissed. But for some reason, and this is a $64,000 question, for some reason, the Biden administration's DOJ decide to pick up this case. They send Mark and his attorneys a letter saying, hey, you're now the subject of a, a grand jury investigation. And so his re attorneys reply and say, OK, we'll cooperate. We'll come in, whatever you need. They hear nothing back until Friday when FBI agents banged on his door at 7 a.m. Mm. It's a very, very strange story. Now, this guy who is ministering on the sidewalk is not known to be some troublemaker. He's not a guy who's been in several brawls before, right? Like this guy is there by everyone's seemingly, uh, everyone's telling uh, a guy who just is there to, you know, he's against abortion, but he's talking normally. Right. He's not getting, causing any trouble. Yeah, in fact, there's a, a, a yes, he's there regularly and knows that he's not supposed to block. And so he doesn't. And um, there's even a video of the Philadelphia Inquirer where they interview Mark there on the scene. It's on YouTube. You can find it. And he's there and they're all peaceably disagreeing and getting along. 
for this report. And he even states in there that he can't block. He just talks to them as they come in. That's his right, too, for free speech. Mm -hmm. And so it it's not adding up that uh, the, the DOJ's claim in their press release on why they had to arrest uh, him. They say he assaulted uh, Bruce Love precisely for the fact because he was an abortion volunteer uh, at the clinic. That's why that's the reason they give not saying anything about an altercation. They just say that Mark Hawk went unhinged because he saw a volunteer and shoved him to the ground and assaulted him, um, which, again, wouldn't even even if that's what he did. That's not what the law is and what it would need to go to federal, you know, uh, in the federal jurisdiction for, uh, which would be for trying to deny access on this FACE Act, you know, which is a you know law. And so it doesn't even seem to meet that standard by their own indictment. So it's it's a very odd um, situation here. And then the FBI seems to be trying to scramble now to describe uh, this heavy use of force on somebody because if it's true that indeed there were 15 to 20 agents there all heavily armed with riot shields and everything else, what do they do for a drug dealer? Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it seems unnecessary and like they're trying to make a point. Okay, so, because this is just fascinating. First of all, the, the guy who was pushed, if you get pushed in a normal altercation, right, like it's usually what happens with the local police might happen, right? Someone might call the police, they come, they, you know, have a little disagreement. There's not a lot of evidence. No one's really seriously hurt. I mean, you don't get into a bar fight and they come and break it up and they say, ah, there's not much that we can do here. This is just a, an alleged push. Uh, and it, the reason why it's escalated to this um, uh, level is is really the focus of this. It starts with what you mentioned, the FACE Act, which my understanding of it is basically a, a federal law that says you can't block access to clinics. And if you block access to a clinic, which there's no evidence that this guy actually did, then it can be elevated to a federal crime. And, and that's theoretically how the feds get involved in this. Do I have that right? Right. And Yes. And he's facing 11 years in prison and up to a $350,000 fine, according to the press release from the DOJ, all for this minor shove, which he admits to. I mean, he says it's because the guy was up in the face of his son and asked him to move and he didn't. And so he pushed him back. Uh, that's that's Mark's story on this. And, you know, even if that's the case, even if you think the shove was unnecessary, which, you know, let the court decide that. But Bruce did not even show up to any of these court appointments, which is very bizarre. <laughs> Why would you file this criminal complaint then not show up multiple times only to have it dismissed? Mm. Uh, and then how in the world did the DOJ even find out about this case? I mean, it seems like a nothing burger that wouldn't be on anyone's radar. Well, that you mentioned that, that's the $64,000 question, though with Biden inflation, it should be probably more like the $300,000 question at this point. <laughs> yeah, but right. like, why would this stupid little incident where no one was seriously hurt rise to the level of the feds? To me, it just screams of something where, you know, some Planned Parenthood person is upset about it and knows some people and gets it escalated to the right people who want to make an example out of this pastor. Yeah, I mean, there really it's it's there's not many other logical explanations, because remember, this is all happening at the same time when uh, 60 plus crisis pregnancy centers have been firebombed, <laughs> burned, <laughs> otherwise attacked. Uh, and we just had just the other day, uh, you know, a pro-life a worker was shot after getting into an argument with somebody. 
you have all this going on. Why in the world are you spending all these resources, you know, batting down the door of this guy's house? Yeah. And um, I found it interesting. I also found it interesting, Stu, the FBI, because I pressed them for answers and I asked very specific questions to them. And initially they responded just saying, oh, because I, I wanted to know about the raid because I'm taking, you know, Mark Hawk's word for it. Uh, and his and his representatives word for it that this that this happened. I know he's arrested, but he's claiming all this force was used. So I want to get confirmation from the FBI. And I reach out with very specific questions. They respond and say there's incorrect facts being reported about the arrest. There was no SWAT there. Definitely no SWAT there. Um, and, you know, he he was, you know, no incident with the with the arrest. He went in peacefully. OK. There's only a there's a couple reports out there that say the SWAT, but that doesn't answer any of the questions. That doesn't answer how many people are there. That doesn't answer if they put guns in his face. Um, and so then they say, well, we're not answering anything else at this time. Obviously, the press, multiple people picked up on this. So the heat must have been pushed up on them because they released another statement and then said, well, um, the number of agents on site has been overstated. They don't say what the actual number is. Mm. Uh, and then. Um, and then they also go on and say, well, and they were following standard oper operating procedure to keep everyone safe. So then they don't say if they had guns drawn or not. Yeah. So it very much seems like they're dancing around this. And it seems like that's how you would answer if, in fact, you had a lot of agents there and they were heavily armed. Yeah. And, and you know, this, of course, comes down to the kids were home. Uh, they were terrified by this, obviously, uh, all of this going on. Uh, it really, I guess, at some level... It, the incident is less important than what happened afterward and how it got escalated to this point. But like, you know, we live in, it's 2022. Uh, there had to be video of this, I would assume, outside of a Planned Parenthood facility. They had to have cameras or something. You know, there are some people saying allegations that this guy was, uh, the, the guy that was pushed was basically a flopper, the, Le, the LeBron James, if you will, of the of right. ab abortion, uh, abortion volunteers. Uh, do we know if any of that's true? Is there video? How is this? How are they going to prove their case? The word I got from sources I talked to was that there that there is video that exists of this of this altercation. But it, but that Planned Parenthood has it and they haven't released it. That's that's hmm. what I was told. Um, but Planned Parenthood has not commented on this at all. Some CBN reporters have reached out to Planned Parenthood, but they have not gotten back. If you look on if you just go on Google, uh, you know, Google of uh, whatever maps. And you look at that Planned Parenthood, you can see all the little security cameras right on the front. And that's where Mark's usually stands. So if Mark was in the front there where he normally would wait on the sidewalk for people to walk by and go in, it stands to reason that this is all on tape. And then that begs another question. Well, if Planned Parenthood you know, and, and Bruce Love are very sure about what happened to them and they were assaulted or the DOJ is, why aren't they releasing this tape of the incident? Mm, it's a fascinating story. I know you're going to keep uh, continuing to uh, cover it on faithwire.com as well as Quick Start. Make sure you check this out. Dan Andros, uh, he is here from Faithwire and the Quick Start podcast. Make sure you subscribe to that wherever you get your podcast. Dan, thanks for keeping us updated. And if something uh, new breaks on this, make sure to give us a, give us a call and, and get back on the show. Will do. Thanks, Stu. We spent a bunch of time on the pro-life stuff today, and I, I, I'm sorry. We spent a 50-year battle trying to overturn Roe versus Wade. Longer than I've been alive, people have been fighting for this. And the fact that it's actually happened 
is important. And that's why we keep trying to commemorate it. That's why we have the 62422 merch uh, for you to go check out if you would like it. It's on studosmerch.com. Promo code stu 10 if you'd like to save 10% off of that. But we did that because no one even knows what 62422 is. I'm, I'm fascinated by that. It's like a huge thing. We've talked about it for a long time. And all of a sudden, uh, it is it's, it finally happens. Roe versus Wade is overturned, hopefully leading to millions of lives saved over the coming years. And yet no one even remembers it. We all remember January 6th, 62422. Important day. You can uh, commemorate it with us uh, at studosmerch.com. The code again, stu10. You'll save 10% off. Back in a second. Now, Stu10 is a pretty effective code, and if you, if you actually, when you're buying a home, you can use the code Stu10 to save 10% off the home. So you should try that. I just want to see if it will work. Just give it a shot. Next time you're buying a home, hey, say, we're buying a home. It's a $500,000 home. Uh, the code is Stu10, though, so we'll, we'll give you $450. I don't know if that one will work, but what I will say that something that will work is realestateagentsitrust.com. You get the best agent in your area no matter where you happen to be. These agents do their homework. They talk to, uh, they talk to everybody involved in the transaction. They know how to do this. They know the market. They know all of this stuff. Uh, and you can find someone who's aligned with you values-wise and who's really competent and can do the job. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com today. Give them some basic info, and they will contact you to make an introduction to the preferred agent in your town. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now, realestateagentsitrust.com. So I'm going to ask you, will you remain a Republican regardless of what happens in the next election? Uh, I'm going to make sure Donald Trump... I'm going to do everything I can to make sure he's not the nominee. And if he is the nominee, I won't be a Republican. Okay. What? Wait a minute. Are you kidding me? Liz Cheney might leave the party if Donald Trump is the nominee. That is incredibly interesting information that no one could have seen coming. I will remind you for a moment that Liz Cheney actually voted for Donald Trump in 2020. So... It's such a this is the weirdest story of all time. I continue to think that like it would be the best quantum leap episode if if Ziggy sent Scott Bakula uh, back into the life, the, the, the body of Dick Cheney in like 2005 when and he told him, hey, just so you know, your uh, daughter is going your family name going to be all ever associated with the Democrats and your daughter's going to be the Democratic hero and the mainstream media hero. Dick Cheney, would, he would have yet another heart attack. I think he's had 12 of them. He'd have his 13th one uh, that day. Very bizarre uh, developments in this case. And I will say, not the only bizarre political story. Did you catch this little, this little story that Joe Biden was saying about a 12-year-old? I, this, this is a little odd. But guess what? We got a lot to do. Gotta say hi to me. <laughs> we go back a long way. She was 12, I was 30, but anyway, <laughs> this woman helped me get an awful lot done. Anyway. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, even if it's just heartless, I mean, what, what, on, what human being would think in front of a bunch of cameras that you could say something like, hey, we go back a long way. <laughs> yeah, I was 30, she was 12. There's never, there's never an appropriate time to say that. I've known her since she was a little kid. 
I, you know, and she and then she when she grew up, she helped me in the campaign. You could say whatever happened. You could explain it in a way that isn't the creepiest thing possible, unless your name is Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Um, someone like, I don't know, Stephen Crowder, Steve Dace, Daniel Horowitz. They were banned from social media. They were censored. They were shut down. Well, thank God they have a place like Blaze TV to make sure their message still gets out. And that's why we exist. BlazeTV.com slash stew is a place to go to support the movement as much as you can. I think we're going to have Daniel Horowitz on this week. Uh, don't miss it. Uh, BlazeTV.com slash stew. The promo code is stew and you can save 10 bucks. See you tomorrow.